Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers to humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst. And I'm Ron Martin. And Ron, i got to tell you, I am very, very excited that Mustache March is over. <laughs> and as I've been enduring the last week of Mustache March, you were away for the weekend in Florida, nice sunny Florida. Yep. Tell us about that. Yep. Florida was fabulous. I was down for a theological convention working with some of the uh, best known American and actually international theologians. Very stimulating weekend, but we still had plenty of time to lay by the pool, enjoy the sun, and get a little bit of rest in between. Again, it was a fabulous, fabulous weekend. John Piper was there, R.C. Sproul. It did remind me of one of the questions that came up recently with one of the students, Nate. The way it was put to me was like this. This particular student said, what is the difference? How would you describe the difference between religion, spirituality, and Christianity? And I thought that was a really great question. I think that's a very contemporary question about what's going on in our world in terms of churches and religion how do we think about these things? How would we describe Christianity, our experience with Jesus Christ in our faith, as distinct from those other two categories? And I thought it would be a great way for us to get into this show and maybe help some people who are listening make distinctions between these three areas. I think they're very relevant and important in our culture today. So let me just launch into these a little bit. First question was, how do we even describe religion? What is religion? Is it part of a legitimate experience? Is it simply a cultural institution whose time is over? And the more I thought about that, I really began to clarify the distinctions between these three areas. But here's how I would describe a religion to begin with. It is certainly someone's belief system. It is a system of faith. But it comes largely through cultural, institutional, or family background. But there comes this time with any religious system people begin to question the very foundation of that belief system. Why did their parents believe that? Who believed that before their parents? Why should I believe that? And it allows us to kind of break free of that cultural institutional kind of belief and start asking some more serious questions. Sometimes that question turns into the next part of our overall question, which is, what's the difference between religion and spirituality? I think I'd say that spirituality is essentially a belief system, just like religion is, but it's it's one step removed from that institutional or cultural kind of belief. It comes from a more personal kind of questioning, an individual kind of questioning that says, I think there's something out there, but I'm not quite sure what it is. So it remains vague and undefined, but it also brings a certain amount of solace or contentment just by the fact that I'm believing it. Last year, my wife and I were climbing Mount Elbert up in uh, central Colorado. And about halfway up, we encountered another gentleman and, and decided to continue our journey with him. And somewhere along the way, he looked at me and he says, well, this is my church. Being out here in nature and the mountains and the view, this is church. This is spirituality to me. And I said, well, that's interesting. What do you mean by that? And he says, well, I just feel better communing with nature. And I thought, this is the classic example of spirituality in the general sense. There's a sense of belonging. There is a sense of solace that comes from this communing with the beauty of nature around him and attributing some kind of spiritual value to that. I guess in the extreme sense, you would you'd think of somebody who comes away from the Star Wars movies and wants to believe in the Force, some kind <laughs> of, you know, impersonal but very powerful inanimate power that we would connect to uh, as all human beings or all living beings and want to tap into and use to our benefit, maybe even to manipulate our own environment. 
My problem is, in the area of religion and spirituality, a couple things come into play that I find a little disturbing, and that is, in a real sense, there's no authority behind them, and there's no real power behind them. And by power, I mean both the power to satisfy emotionally, spiritually, as spiritual beings, and intellectually, but also there's no power that provides solutions to some of life's toughest questions. This is where I think the real distinction between those two areas, religion and spirituality, differ from a belief in a personal God, a God who communes with us, a God who reveals himself to us, and that we actually engage in relationship with that God. I like what you said about both religion and spirituality, Ron, and, and it is so true. There are aspects of both of those that are good, and oftentimes, as we've both seen, there are aspects of those that are bad as well. I think you could think of religion kind of like school. It's performance-based acceptance. Either mm. you perform or you get rejected. And pretty much everybody at some point probably has felt rejected by the religious establishment, which has resulted in a lot of people hating, quote-unquote, organized mm. religion. Mm. And if you hate that kind of, quote-unquote, organized religion, well, you're in good company. Jesus did too. <laughs> the religious establishment that held people up to standards that they couldn't fulfill themselves, and even that put barriers between people and God, Jesus had terrible things to say about them. You could investigate that more in Matthew 23. It's an entire chapter where Jesus just lays into the religious establishment of his day. So spirituality, I think, Ron, kind of like what you're saying, it doesn't have all the answers, but it's a step above maybe traditional organized religion and mm -hmm. in a sense where there's no context or relationship with God. Spirituality, obviously, you touched on this, has some major downfalls. Part of that is that it is vague, and there's this concept that spirituality is whatever you make it to be. Oftentimes when I talk with people, they're under the impression that spirituality is different for every single person, and that the truth or the reality of the spiritual universe is somehow different on an individual basis Sometimes people phrase it like this when they talk to me. They say, I'm just trying to find out my own spirituality. Mm -hmm. Have you ever yep. heard that, Ron? Yep, I've heard it several times. I'm just trying to discover my own spiritual reality. Or they might say, I'm just trying to investigate what's true for me in a spiritual sense. I actually heard that from a student last semester, and I asked him, what would that work like in a math class? And the student hmm. responded, not very well, I guess, because the student knew right away that in a math class, there are right answers and wrong answers. And it's the same thing in the scientific world. There are yep. right statements and wrong statements. And I think uh, it would be crazy of us to assume that there's any uh, less stringent of a standard for truth in the spiritual world. Mm. But sometimes we get there. We start to think it's whatever I make it, whatever I feel like, whatever I think that day. So what I'm interested in finding, and I know it's what you're interested in finding, is what is the truth of this universe the Bible tells us that only Jesus offers the spiritual truth of the universe. So if you're spiritually interested, the Bible tells us that, that he is the only way to discover the truth of God and spirituality. And what's interesting, when you make this note about this person that you met hiking and they said that they found God in creation, well, the Bible tells us that that's the case in Romans 1 verse 20. It says that his invisible characteristics are clearly shown in nature. Those aren't the end, though. Hmm. It's That's like saying that I have a satisfying relationship with my wife 
because I've seen her in a picture, right? (laughs) The relationship really becomes satisfying and meaningful and authentic when I go past that picture and actually enter into a relationship with my wife. And that is what we're talking about when we talk about a relationship with God. Last week, Joseph talked about divine revelation. If there were no divine revelation leading us to God, beyond just this vague concept of spirituality, we truly would be lost. Imagine you're in a cave. We do the Crush Fear Summer Project every summer, Mm -hmm. and we'll go caving with numerous students. And in the back of the cave, I will usually tell them, turn off all your lights. Every single light will be off. And it's as dark as can be. Mm. And then I'll ask the question, what good would your feelings be as far as getting you out of here? And everybody says, not any good at all. And I'll say, (laughs) what about your friend's advice? What if you asked your friend sitting next to you right now, what should I do? Well, your friend's not going to be able to get you out of here. What about your just pure logic, just thinking about it really hard? Well, it's not going to get you out of here. What you need to get out of that cave alive is a light. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about Christianity. It's God's light for the physical world around us and the spiritual world around us through the person of Jesus Christ. Hmm. And so, Ron, tell us, what is it like to have a relationship with God that goes beyond just rote religion and even further, it goes beyond spirituality or vague spirituality? That's a great question. And again, it comes up so often in the experience that we have with talking with students or even people that come into our churches. And we want to be careful here to say that we're not necessarily bashing religion or religious institutions, but we want to recognize that religion itself, this idea of this cultural or institutional inheritance that we get from our families or our culture, isn't the end of the line. It's really one of those stepping stones Mm -hmm. to what we would call ultimate truth or ultimate reality. Uh, You mentioned the idea of the cave, and I think of Plato's uh, wonderful analogy of of the people in the cave who see the sunlight coming from the entrance of the cave and casting shadows on the walls. They see those shadows and they assume that the shadows are reality. Really what we want is to get to this idea of how do we know what's real and true in our world? How do we know spiritually what is real and true? And I think that's where Christianity has a definite message for a skeptical world that we see around us today. There's this phrase that goes around today that all roads lead to God. And I think, you know, that's not necessarily true. Every major religion basically says that they are the true religion, that they have the answer. So what's a person to do? First thing, sometimes we can just escape those religious institutions and say, oh, I'll just go to the spirituality level and say, well, I'll just believe what I want to believe, whatever makes me feel best. Uh, And maybe I'll throw some rational support behind it or maybe even some irrational support behind it. But what Christianity offers is this idea, which I say, God finds us on the road that we're on. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to go out there and knock on every door. What I have to do is engage my mind, rationally explore the options of truth statements and see which one best lines up to reality. Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say that every person in one form or another considers themselves a spiritual person. I, I even know atheists who say that they are very spiritual in terms of their quest for truth or their devotion to finding reality. But what Christianity offers, God's truth being revealed to us through the Bible, is not only rationally tenable and acceptable, but it's verifiable. 
in the Bible, we have statements of real history, real places, real people, real events. We can look up and verify that those events existed in ancient history right up to the time of Jesus and in uh, Roman Judea and verify that those occurrences took place and that the words of the people that were there, particularly Jesus himself, were verifiable. At that point, we come to the words of Jesus in a way that is so unique and different from every other religious system and truly even every other system of spirituality where Jesus says, if you believe in me, you're not just engaging in a belief system, but you're actually being adopted into the family of God. There is this mechanism by which we profess faith and he actually comes and meets us in that faith and it becomes something living and vibrant and real to us. And that's what I think is the uniqueness of Christianity and the bigger picture of all this. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The God Solution on KDUR right here in Durango, 91.9 FM and 93.9 FM. Again, this is The God Solution. And just to kind of bring you up to speed with what we've been talking about, we've been talking about what are the differences between religion, spirituality, and Christianity. We've discussed how religion is kind of like school. It's a performance-based relationship where if you don't perform, you get rejected. Nobody likes to be rejected. And so that's why I think a lot of people don't like, quote unquote, organized religion. Uh, Next, we've talked about spirituality. You could almost think of spirituality like Facebook. I have just about a thousand friends on Facebook. And probably a large percentage of those, I'm sorry if you're listening right now, uh, I'm not very close to, and I really might not even recognize on the street. That might be kind of the idea of spirituality, where you have a little bit of a concept of God, but it's extremely vague and yeah. not that personal. Yeah, we, we, we call that spiritual thinking that's a mile wide and an inch deep. That's exactly it. Now we've just started talking about Christianity and how is it different than spirituality and religion. And you could think of Christianity not like school, not like Facebook, but rather like a father-son relationship Hmm. or even a marriage relationship where you truly know this person and live every single day with this person in total intimacy and relationship and fellowship where you actually have open lines of communication, where you have frequent interaction, and there is love that covers the entire relationship instead of performance-based acceptance. Ron, you were just starting to talk about that. Why don't you pick up where you left off, Ron, and tell us a little bit more about what Christianity is truly all about. Mm -hmm. We talked about the Judeo-Christian belief that God reveals himself to us through his word, that there's actual authority there for our belief system. And there's also an appeal to us there to, in a sense, lose ourselves in him as part of that relationship. And that's a very, very important distinction to keep in mind when we talk about this. But there's something else that Christianity does that I really believe every other religious system and every other system of spirituality falls short on. And that is it provides solutions for life's toughest Mm -hmm. questions. I was in a conversation with an agnostic or atheist friend recently, and he was pounding me again on the issue of evil and suffering and I finally turned to him and I said, well, okay, what is the answer? How do we deal with the fact that we have cancer and sickness, calamity and evil in our world? Why are there wars? You tell me what the solution is. And I really admired my friend because he looked straight at me uh, with, a, with sort of a stunned look on his face. And he says, well, I have no answers to that. And I just thought that was interesting. And he said, so you tell me what is the answer? 
And I said, well, this is the advantage of Christianity, of God's revealed truth to us, in that we not only believe in a loving God, but we believe in a God who is just. We believe in a God who is transcendent to our world, not only has created our world into being, but supplies purpose and meaning to that world, and that there will be a termination to time, and there will be an accounting for what happens in that world. And this is a system of belief that goes way beyond just feel-good ethics. This goes to purpose and meaning in life on a whole new plane that many religions only start down the path to but never fulfill. So this is where I think the idea of what Jesus said, in your life, don't be surprised when hardship comes on you. That's actually working uh, toward God's ultimate plan for your life. He knows every hair that's on your head. Nothing happens by accident. Yes, there's going to be suffering. Yes, there's going to be hard times. There's even going to be calamity. But God is in control of all of it, and it is moving toward an ultimate purpose. And that, with you as part of God's family, actually engages you in that purpose and offers you the answers to the deepest questions of life. This, to me, is the most compelling argument for Christianity. No other religious system, no other system of spirituality can cope with these kind of difficult questions. And for me, in my experience, that's one of the biggest things that drew me to the truth of the Gospels and the truth of who Jesus is, to understand that God is still uniquely engaged in his world. Mm -hmm. And that when you are adopted into that family, as it were, that all of a sudden those answers become your answers. We all know that we would engage in that by this thing that we called faith, and there's nothing wrong with faith, either in the in the realm of spirituality or religion. But if it's not faith in something concrete and tangible, then it simply becomes well-wishing. It's not that kind of intimate faith that God is looking for. And the Bible says that that's freely available to anyone who wants to accept it. In Romans chapter 6, Paul says it's a free gift. Uh, the way I love to put it is it's just a package sitting in front of me where the rest of your life is waiting to be unwrapped and enjoyed. And all I have to do is unwrap it and accept it. And I think that's the uh, one of the most wonderful and biggest appeals of Christianity itself. Uh, there's no works system. There's no, no, no scorecard or anything like that in the religious environment. There's no pretension of some kind of blissful world out there or the force that I'm going to tap into, there is an actual person named Jesus Christ who invites me to engage with him. It's kind of like if you were stranded on an island in the middle of a flood and the flood waters are rising and you could have all the faith in the world that you're not going to drown, but that faith is going to leave you drowned and mm -hmm. it's going to leave you dead if there is not a means of salvation that you're putting your faith in. And that's where a lot of the religions of this world and that's where a lot of the spirituality that people search for leaves us. Yep. It's empty faith in something that cannot save me, whether that's my own works, whether that's on my, my own performance, whether that's a routine that I follow. It always leaves me empty and it always leaves me unsatisfied and it always leaves me, frankly, unsaved from the reality of an eternity without God. What happens with Christ, though, is we actually get a means of salvation that we can put our faith in. It's yeah. as if a helicopter flew in above you and threw down a lifeline. And by faith, you grab that lifeline and we're pulled to safety. Hmm. And that's what we're offered in the person of Jesus Christ, like you mentioned. An actual perfect person, 
God in human flesh that lived a perfect life on this earth, died on the cross, paid for all my sin, took that on himself so that any person that puts their trust in him and asks his forgiveness and asks him to come into their life, he will do it and he will forgive them. Anybody can do that. I can't perfectly fulfill the five pillars of Islam. I just got done reading the Quran. <laughs> and the standard is so high. I could never perfectly fulfill those. But I can put my trust in a Savior. Yeah. And that's where Christianity alone becomes relevant in a way that it can answer the questions that every human being asks mm. and needs answered. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about a relationship with Christ and adoption into his family. I think one of the follow-up questions that I get to this very often is this idea in, in our world of what we call scientific empiricism, where everything has to be proven by evidence. Uh, what, where, what is the role of faith? Can, can you even have faith, religious, spiritual, or this idea of, of this relationship with Jesus that you're talking about? Is there room for faith in our modern world? And I think the answer is a resounding yes. Uh, you were a, a biology major. I was a, a chemistry major. Yeah, yeah. I w you were a chemistry major. I was a philosophy major. Both of the both of us operated in a world that said verifiability is a big part of this. Mm -hmm. But there's rational verifiability as as well as material or evidential verifiability. What you see in a test tube compared to why what what thoughts I think are equally valid ways of, of approaching truth. We somehow have convinced ourselves in modern times that faith is kind of out of vogue or even worse, that there's no room for faith in our personal experience of our world. And I think that is the biggest lie that we can tell ourselves. Again, with my conversations with those that uh, identify themselves as agnostics or atheists, getting them to admit that there is a huge volume of faith that goes into even non-belief in God is a very interesting journey for them to take. But once they're there and acknowledge that, then we have a common place to start working from. Now we can bring in evidences. Now we can bring in rational thought about faith and analyze it and, and look at it and, and then look at evidences and, and arguments for and against God. And almost every time uh, when I talked with folks, this idea of belief in God is so essentially part of the human experience. I just find it amazing each and every time that when you show that when you give in a sense, when you give people permission to go there, they find the idea not only allowable, but enjoyable and interesting and fascinating. And I think that's one of the steps in this process. Once we go to the place of acknowledging faith as a legitimate part of our human experience, then the opening to the idea of religious truth, of this idea of spirituality, and particularly going all the way and engaging Jesus on, a, on this relationship level is really a wonderful thing to watch unfold. And you see it all the time. I see it all the time. And it becomes a passion for us. And our passion to anybody listening to this program would be don't close the door on your own religious experiences. Don't close the door on your quest for spirituality. But be willing to go that next step. Examine the claims of Jesus Christ and who he was. Examine the claims of the Bible and how God meets us on our road. Understand that he's calling to us and inviting us into his family with him. What Jesus did when he lived on this earth, when he performed those miracles, when he taught those things to those people then, as it's recorded for us in the Bible, 
is truth. Mm -hmm. And that there is this path to restoring relationship with God in every sense of the word, that we can enjoy his creation, we can enjoy the religious ritual and the spiritual experience of climbing on a mountain, but we do so from the perspective of relationship with a living God who cares for us, who brings meaning into our life, and that ultimately is just and will answer every question that we have about the life's toughest issues. That's what I think is so exciting about Christianity. We're encouraging you to investigate, to search, to go deep, to not be okay with just decent answers, but to really pursue the best answers and to dig into the reality of this universe, to do your homework, to know what you really believe, and specifically to search for God. And I would encourage you to look in the Bible and to see who God claims to be and what he says in his word and to compare that to the reality of the universe and see how it matches up. God promises you in the book of Jeremiah and the Old Testament of the Bible that if you search for him with all your heart, you will find him. What a great promise. The God of the universe. Amazing. That made everything, every star, every galaxy, that made this very earth, every person you see, every animal you see, every plant you see, the mountains that you love and adore. God that made all of that says, search for me and I promise you will find me. But he says when you search with all your heart. See, we actually have to do our part to search (laughs) intentionally, not passively. And so that's my encouragement. I think that's Ron's encouragement to you today is to do your best to search with all your heart. Ron, how can somebody search that way for God? Well, there's lots of ways. I think the first thing, like you mentioned, is pick up a Bible. Pick up a Bible and start reading. Investigate the life of Jesus Christ. You know, in uh, the 1940s, a fellow named C.S. Lewis in England was an atheist for many, many years. And when he went to the Bible and explored the person of Jesus... He said it just knocked him over how powerful this person is, how powerful this truth is. And he became one of Christianity's greatest apologists, one of those who who had tremendous impact on his culture and his time, proposing the truth of Jesus Christ and offering it to a whole generation of people, both in, in the United Kingdom and in the United States and the Western world. That's what it takes, the idea of reading, questioning, Don't be afraid of the hard questions. Look for the hard answers and embrace them. But on the flip side, understand the beautiful simplicity. You don't have to earn your way to God. You don't have to work your way to God. You don't even have to climb mountains to find God. He comes to you and the pages of that amazing book that we call the Bible. That's where I would start, reading scriptures, reading the Old Testament, the New Testament, particularly the Gospels, And listen to the words of Jesus as he says to you, if you believe in me, accept me by faith, I am there to receive you as my child. And you could do that right now. If you're listening to this program and you're thinking, yes, I definitely feel like I have searched. I definitely feel like I've come to a lot of dead ends. I definitely think I know that Jesus is who he says he is. In fact, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock, and if you hear me knocking and open the door, I will come in. Mm. He says he'll literally come into your life, and then he continues, and we will share a meal as friends, indicating that he will enter into this relationship with you, this intimate, personal relationship that is true Christianity. And if that's you today thinking, I'm there, and I want to make that decision, by faith, right now, you can surrender to him and put your trust in him. You can say simply, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for all my sins. 
Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Be my Savior and Lord. Be my best friend. And that very instance, he tells you that you have the right to be his child. Hmm. And he says that he literally comes into your life and he literally saves you. And you can be certain that the second you die, you'll be with him in eternity for the rest of eternity in heaven. What's excited about that is it's real, it's tangible, it's meaningful, and it's available to you right now. Well, if you'd like to leave us comments or have questions you'd like to discuss, please check out eternityimpact.blogspot.com. Again, that is eternityimpact.blogspot.com or email the station here. And we would love to discuss any questions or comments you have here on the air. And if you're interested in checking out something more than the rote religion that we discussed earlier, if you want to see a vibrant family of believers that will love you for who you are and accept you no matter where you're coming from and help you in your own journey to discover Jesus Christ, I'd encourage you to check out New Hope this weekend. You could meet Dana, Rob, Ted, or Mark over at New Hope. They meet at the Translic Theater Sundays at 10 a.m. And if you're not doing anything this morning, give them a shot. Check it out and see what it's all about. With that, thanks for tuning in to The God Solution on KDUR, and we hope you'll listen in again next week, same place, same time. I'm Nate Herbst. I'm Ron Martin. We'll see you then. Our God is greater, our God is stronger.